the changing and encouraging future of outdoor ministry with Nick Yard on episode number 44 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. If I, I would I would summarize it this way, in fact, if you're not ministering to students in your church, you're not for real about making disciples for Jesus Christ. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble, the podcast where we look to speak an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is episode number 43 of To Be Encouraged, and we're speaking with Nick Yard, who is a director of outdoor ministries in the Indiana Annual Conference. This is part two of our discussion with him regarding the power and the presence of outdoor ministries. And in this episode number 44, we're particularly uh, referring to the future of outdoor ministries and some of the challenges and some of the encouragements about outdoor ministries moving forward. Just a reminder uh, that you can go back and pick up episode number 43, the uh, part one of this episode, at to be encouraged dot com slash episodes slash zero forty three. Nick Yard is the director of outdoor ministries in the Indiana Annual Conference United Methodist Church. He has a background in natural resources and outdoor ministry in many ways and has worked in several capacities in that. And now he works with the as the associate director of camps and retreats ministries and he is deeply, deeply engrossed and involved with faith development for young people and all people through outdoor ministries and retreat ministries. We began our discussion in our last episode about the power of outdoor ministries for faith development and the place of it. And in this episode, number 44, we're talking about some of the present challenges and opportunities in the diversity of outdoor ministries and what it's going to look like moving forward. And Nick Yard and Bishop Trimble have a great discussion about this and about some of the theology involved with this, some of the challenges. And uh, I think you're going to love this discussion. And particularly, I want you to pay attention to the great testimony that uh, Nick gives about uh, one young person who he was involved with, who uh, was kind of a synopsis, really, of the power of outdoor ministries, how it's individual people coming to faith, which impact the church as a whole. 
And a reminder that you can check out about opportunities for camping and outdoor ministries, retreat ministries in Indiana at BeACamper.com. And in your local area, please look that up for opportunities for outdoor ministries in whatever area you're listening to our podcast. And you can always get connections to these links at our show notes at tobeencouraged.com slash episodes slash 044. We pick up the conversation where Bishop and Nick start to talk about some of the particular challenges that face the uh, face outdoor ministries and campus ministry in the in our present state of the United Methodist Church. Let's get into that conversation right now. Bishop mentioned that have you seen any impact from the whole uh, kind of agony in the church around disaffiliation and you know uh, human sexuality and theology and division and all that type of thing. Have you seen any impact at all in, uh, in outdoor ministries and camping and, and retreat ministry? Yeah, I, I think there's, it, it's hard to identify all the ways I think that it, uh, that it's impacted us. I mean, there's been some long-term volunteers that have backed away. Um, and that, that really kind of hurt cause they were really, I mean, more than volunteers, they were just friends and they just feel like, uh, they just can't support us as being United Methodist anymore. And that, that's a real su- surprise to me and shock. I had uh, just several different people over the last couple of months that, that I used to be in, either attended church with them or, or spent a lot of years um, working with them, you know, in, in, in different ministry settings. And to have them kind of turn away has really been tough. I, I'm not going to lie. It really is. It, it, it gets discouraging at times. But but here's part of the encouraging part is, you, you know, the, when you look at the summer camp, camp schedule, you'll see fewer and fewer numbers of, of camps actually on on the schedule. And uh, that's that's hard to admit and hard to do. But but here's the part of the reason and part of the, the praise in this is we've really worked with people of, of different kinds of opinions, things like that, and tried to put people together like, hey, if you really have that opinion and you don't think that, that we're right there with you or whatever, what about this other person? Like they're there too. And maybe you guys could get together and run a, a camp program um, and we don't have to put it on the schedule or we will if you want. And, and you can kind of uh, uh, target it specifically the way uh, that you want to. And, and that's been really successful from the standpoint of keeping people involved and continuing to ministry to students um, in, in places and in ways that we probably wouldn't be able to before. So, so that's been encouraging to me. And we, we continue to look. In fact, our board meets, uh, we have our annual retreat this week. It's Thursday and Friday of this week. And one of the things our board's looking at is, is what else can we do in this area? Like, who else can we partner with? Who else can we put together? You know, what what are the are are there obstacles to some of our uh, our our current uh, uh, congregations that are that are struggling with whether to come or not? What are some of the obstacles that we might look at and say, hey, you know, if if we uh, if we change this policy, if we did this, um, would that would that keep your interest in camping and, and give us the ability to minister to more kids? And so. I think continuing down that road, I, it, it's it is unfortunate to see fewer weeks of camp open to everyone, but it's encouraging to see the number of, you know, small groups of people putting together really substantial and and productive uh, ministry weeks. So that that's one of the outcomes. Bishop, Bishop, well, I would hope that sorry, Nick did. I would hope that there, you know, obviously some things you don't compromise, you know, there's certain 
certain lines you wouldn't cross and you know, in order to say, hey, whatever you want to do, we're, we're willing to make the camp available. You can do it any way you want to do it. And uh, I'm sure there's there's some, some guideposts of uh, some parameters within that that people do have to abide by. Um, and, yes, and I think camps have always been somewhat adaptive anyway. Uh, so I, I would I would hope that would continue to be the case. I often say it too that I always felt like I remember going to camp, and maybe this is a, a romantic memory that never really happened, Brad. I don't know. But I remember the asking the question about who owns this camp, and I remember them saying it's your camp. I mean, I was a kid, and like I said, this may be something I dreamed that that didn't really happen, but I believe it was. You know, they told me it was my camp, and I'm thinking like, you know, how could I own this camp? And they're saying, no, it's your camp. When you're here at camp, this is your camp. Uh, so, so that's kind of what people say. Well, well who you know want to argue over who you know who who owns the camp? That I'm of the belief that the people, the kids who go to camp and adults who are at camp, people who are experiencing God in nature. You know, this is God's this is God's creation. You know, we're stewards of it. The United Methodist Indiana Conference. Mm -hmm. uh, but but your experience, it's not about. Who 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 owns the deed or the you know yeah. deed to well, the to to the to the camp building? Bishop and Nick, I was off, when I was highly involved with youth ministry. I've served a term as our conference youth coordinator, and as I mentioned, being involved with uh, camping ministry and outdoor ministries for a lot of years. But often people would say something affected me when I go speak at churches or whatever. Hey, the the youth are the church of tomorrow. We got to support them. And I've always tried to correct them. No, the youth and the children are your church right now, right now. So it's all, we're all in this together. So here's what I want to ask you, both of you, regarding this. What is the future of our church in relationship to its, to its support and its relationship of outdoor ministries and children and youth ministries? Where are we going with this? Particularly, Bishop, do we have the support of the Episcopacy, of the cabinet, of, of pastors of larger churches and so on? And uh, Nick, I'd like you to speak to this area. What's our future moving forward? Well, I, I can be pretty brief. You know, one of the emphasis now for a couple of years and that I helped that I helped to initiate, not by myself alone, was children matter most. And and the purpose of children matter most was really to lift up not just little children or, or, or elementary age children, but the fact that if children really matter most, all children matter. All children, youth and families that are impacted matter. So I, I've said this consistently even before coming to Indiana that I'm unapologetically Christian, unashamedly United Methodist, and unapologetically a supporter of camping and outdoor ministries and for access to camping and outdoor ministries. So as we've emphasized children matter most, I've said, you know, one of the one of the spokes ought to be, you know, us promoting promoting camping and camping through the resources we have. Some conferences have made financial decisions where they no longer have camps throughout the, their state or their Episcopal areas. So even if they wanted to, they, you know, they kind of outsource that. That's or, part of what I was alluding to. I'm aware about yeah. that. So but but we've, we've kind of made that decision. That hasn't changed. You know, I won't be bishop much longer. So, so I won't have have that. But, you know, Nick, Nick uh, I, I, I think it's it's just as important. And that's always a challenge. Before I, before I was a bishop, when I was a pastor of a local church, our, our church was relatively close to one of the camps. We kind of called it our camp, you know, it's kind of one of those things. But but uh, and I know that sometimes pastors have things that they're 
and larger pastors of larger congregation have their own kind of direction. But I've always, as a bishop, tried to make, make sure we kept communication lines open with with pastors because I think pastors in particular have a lot to do with whether camping ministry is going to go well in, through, a, through a church or through an annual conference. If you kind of lose your pastors as, as, as uh, promoters of the camp, mm-hmm. it becomes much more difficult with just conference staff or whatever to, to promote camping. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, the question has to do with the future of camping and outdoor ministries in relationship to the overall church moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I would just uh, agree with everything the bishop just said, as p- particularly from the standpoint of children matter most. I know a couple of podcasts ago, um, you spoke to Emily Crash and, and Jen Hopp, and one of the things the bishop said during that, uh, you know, again, was uh, children matter most. And, and he uh, he alluded uh, to that, uh, but but then spoke to it uh, quite a bit. And again, go back and read and listen to that podcast because uh, I agree with everything you said there, Bishop. Um, if I, I would, I would summarize it this way. In fact, if you're not ministering to students in your church, you're not for real about making disciples for Jesus Christ. Awesome. I mean, I just believe awesome. that. I just believe that. I'm going to quote you. I'm going to quote well, you. Yeah, yeah, please do. And, and you don't have to quote me. I mean, again, I, 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 uh, I talked yeah, about all the, the research. Uh, the research bears it out. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. And so if you're willing to uh, ignore 80% of all, all the people that are ever going to make a, a, a decision for Christ, if you're willing to, to, uh, to ignore that entire population, and the fact that the people that stay in the church are the ones that made the decisions before they got out of high school. So not only is the the number 80 or 90 percent of everybody that's ever going to make the uh, decision, but the people who stay. So if you make a decision for Christ after you're 22 years old, you're 70 to 80 percent more likely to eventually leave the church as opposed to someone who made that decision younger. And so if you're not serious about introducing Christ to students, you're really not serious about making uh, disciples at all. And I would just I would just end right there. I mean, that's just the reality. So one of the things you said in that podcast, Bishop, was you, you spoke to the fact that you know, a lot of people in our churches say we don't have any students. That, and what you said then, I completely agree. With. This is one of the worst excuses I've ever heard for not doing ministry. There are kids. Awesome. We have a United Methodist Church in every single county. You know, every county has kids in foster care. Every county has kids that are hungry. Every county has kids that don't have food, that, that don't have clothing, that don't have the necessities of life. And you can't sit there in a church and say, we don't have any kids in our community. Hey, Brad, you just can't do it. Hey, Brad, I told you if we got Nick wound up, he was hey. just going good. I told you all we needed was a little bit more time. This is, a, <laughs> this is awesome here, and uh, we could go all day, but I do want to bring us around to something I think is important to hear here uh, today. And I love your passion, Nick and Bishop. You and I are fired up about it. As I mentioned, my background in this area, and I don't see the church really happening without outdoor ministries camping to me it's just not church you know it's just not i just literally drove by camp monito last week and it reminded me of my own calling as a 10 year old about fifth fifth grader when i went when i went by there uh, not too long ago but uh anyhow what i'm getting at reason why i'm even mentioning that and nick i'd really love to hear this from you let's have a testimony about a you you mentioned how this past summer you even spent a week as a, a middle school uh 
uh, counselor. But I'd love to hear a, a testimony about a child or a young person or even an adult who really had a life transformation uh, as a result of Camping Outdoor Ministries. Can you tell us a story? Oh, man, there are so many good stories I could tell. Let me let me pick one about a young man. We used to do a lot of uh, tripping programs, and I led a lot of the, uh, the, the more extreme adventure ones, partly because there were just so many certifications and safety things that we had to make sure were in place. But I had a young man at a rock climbing camp who was just really struggling. I mean, from day one, he was just struggling with everything. He was struggling with his faith. He was struggling with his his uh, uh, his parent. He was a came from a single family parent uh, situation. He was just struggling with everything. I mean, the kid was just a, a case. And uh, man, just the 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 ministry to him. I remember it, it was the second second climb we did. So we were out on a rock face on a, on a on a really stony rock face. It was kind of a cliff. Um, and he was trying to climb up it and, and, uh, and, and just out of frustration, he finally just gives up and he says, this can't be done. This can't be, this can't, this, this can't do this. Like what, why? And, and, uh, and, and we talked about it in, in the, the, the can't and the, in the, um, you know, what, what do you need to do to do things in life that you just can't do? I mean, so you can't do this on your own. What do you need? I need help. So what, how do you get help when you need it? And he's like, well, it's church camp, so I pray, right? You know, and so we just went through this whole exchange. And and, uh, and I just think that, you know, as we went through this, it took a long time to tell the story. And I, I don't want to I don't want to take up all, all the time. But um, the, the kid was transformed. Mm. The kid was transformed. He contacted me several years after that. And um, he was uh, still a young man, but had a a child of his own and, and was just reflecting on his experience at camp and, and how it kind of uh, tweaked him and, and how he just needed a conversation to even just remember that time and just say, you know, this, this, I need to, I need to remember how to ask for help. I need to, I need to, um, you know, look to, to, to my, my grounding. He says, you know, that my, how I got to where I'm at, how I even made it this far. And, uh, and he's like, man, I just appreciate that the hmm. fact that I can look back and say I was grounded here, I have a foundation, I have faith, right? I I have I have something nobody can take away from me. And when I can when I look around and see everything's going wrong or things are just hard, I can say, look, this I, I'm more than this. I have a grounding. I have other people. I have people I can reach out to and call. I can I can go back to my church and. And just those kind of moments. And, and, you know, I've been in the ministry long enough where I've seen those students come up and their kids come to camp. And, and man, I could I could tell six dozen stories about yeah. kids yeah. and kids that were at camp. And it's just astounding how it makes not only a difference in the life, it just makes a family difference from then on. It makes a generational and inspirational difference. And here's the good news, Nick and Bishop, that story that testimony is multiplied hundreds and thousands of times just in our United Methodist camps in Indiana alone, and let alone uh, outdoor ministries that are going to everyone who hears us around the world, multiple times, generationally as well. So yay God for that. And here's the good, yeah. here's also the good news and the challenge I believe moving forward. Do not our kids in 2022 and in the next year, they deserve the same. Those adults deserve the, deserve the same, and the future of the church is in many ways intricately linked to us being making a commitment 
to the generational uh, faith story that we have from our heritage, but also our destiny moving forward has to do with how Christ is lived out in those outdoor ministries experiences. So thank you. I want to say thank you, Nick, for sharing here today. And Bishop, I know you want to join me in thanking Nick for joining us. And you want to put a kind of uh, wrap up our conversation with any words of thanks you may have and any encouraging words uh, that you may have about outdoor ministries, maybe have a closing prayer for us. Absolutely. Uh, Again, thank Nick and you, you will continue to be in our prayers, you and your family and, uh, I didn't realize you'd been doing this for so so long, but I'm I'm grateful that you have been doing it, and you still have the uh, the enthusiasm after all these years to to not only to to serve in this leadership role, but to motivate staff and also to be able to proclaim the good news of the camps, the good news of Christ through camping. Uh, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's. The psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all who dwell therein. But sometimes we skip over to the people part and we forget that the earth, meaning the trees and the soil and and the birds and the rivers uh, uh, and the wildflowers and all of that belongs to God. So thank you for the for your stewardship and for your leadership. Uh, Brad, one of the things about outdoor ministry, sometimes that kind of goes kind of unnoticed in the life of the annual conference. People in Nick's Nick, you know, have Nick's job. It's a big job. He's got a big title, but. People don't see him like they see the superintendents or, or, or the treasurer of a conference or a bishop. But it, it is so integral when you think about the data that he just shared. So thank you, Nick, and, and please extend that thank you because I know often Nick is always saying it's not him, but the other people that are doing yes. a lot of the camp directors and so for program directors. So I know it's not it's, it's a big, big team. So thanks so much for that. And just to our listeners, I would say, you know, whether – Wherever you are, may God bless you. Uh, may God be above you. This was shared in our in our family uh, family messaging that one of my brother my brother in law often posts things every morning. God bless you. May God be above you to bless you. May God be below you to support you. May God be before you to guide you. May God be behind you to protect you. May God be beside you to comfort you. And may God be inside you to give you strength and joy in God's name, in Jesus' name. We pray that you be be encouraged this day and the days which are ahead. Amen. Amen. Well, Nick, thank you for joining us today. And one of the things I neglected to do, and I want to make sure we do that right now, if people want to learn more about you or about outdoor ministries, do you have a website or a place that people can find out more about yep. outdoor ministry in Indiana? Can you give that to us, please? Yeah, absolutely. There's a link right on the conference webpage. You can get there so you can go to that uh, connection or if you want to jump directly to it, it's impact2818.com. So you can go there also. And the uh, we will put links to impact2818.com on our website, which is tobeencouraged.com. Thank you, Nick Yard, for being with us as our guest today. I always thank Bishop Julius C. Trimble for uh, being our host and guest and guiding guiding inspiration here on the to be encouraged podcast i'm your co-host reverend dr brad miller we thank you for joining us on the to be encouraged podcast where we always look to give an encouraging word to a discouraged world many thanks to nick yard for being our guest today on to be encouraged the podcast we look to offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world and certainly we heard some encouraging things today, didn't we, from Nick Yard? We didn't shy away from some of the 
uh, difficult uh, things are happening in the church, which do impact some of the divisions and schisms in the church, which do impact outdoor ministries. But remember, I just want you to pick up on a couple of things that Nick said, which are encouraging aspects of this, how this gives opportunity for camping and outdoor ministries to be more diverse and perhaps smaller groups to come together to do a camp and to have some like-mindedness in what they are all about. But Bishop reminded us that there are some theological foundations that we adhere to, which we do not change. And so those are some of the things. That are, it's about coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And there may be some different ways of looking at it, of course. But we need to have the foundation that outdoor ministries is still the number one way that people come to Christ. If people come to Christ before age 18 in outdoor ministries, it's one of the primary ways that people do that. Uh, that is crucial to a faith development in the future. I know it was for me and my own faith development, and Bishop Tribble spoke about that as well as did Nick about his own experiences, and I bet many of you listening to my voice here today have had your own experiences in camping and outdoor ministries or retreats, which were very pivotal to your own faith development. So I invite you to think about those times and apply them to the people you know in your life, your children, your grandchildren, the people in your church who need to know Jesus Christ, and Camping and Outdoor Ministries can be an outlet for that. Wherever you're listening from, there's opportunities for Camping and Outdoor Ministries. In Indiana, you can go to www.bacamper.com and get to, get involved with that process. Go to wherever you're at to find out what church camps are available. It's certainly just a reminder that Camping and Outdoor Ministries, wherever you're at, always need your assistance with volunteers to be at the camps and financial assistance, and there's all kinds of other ways to be of help as well. I want to leave you with this thought. I hope you heard uh, Nick talk about the testimony he had about the young man, the young, uh, young person who was on the rock face, uh, the rock climbing camp that he led and was a part of, and he said he can't do it, he can't do it, he can't climb that rock. And Nick, Nick encouraged him that he could do it. And part of that process of overcoming that rock was also coming to Christ and not giving up, not being stuck and not giving up. And he became a success and came to Nick later on to share his story. Yes, we have difficulties and challenges in our whole United Methodist Church, and it includes outdoor ministries and camping. But we cannot get stuck on the rock, everybody. We have to move on. We can do this. We maybe have to do things differently, of course. But we can do this. And as you know, instead of seeing the rock as being an obstacle, maybe we can see that the rock as the foundation of what we can build something new and, 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 and impactful upon. And let's remember what's been said here several times here by Bishop, by myself, or by Nick, that children matter most. And if we're forming and reforming the, the, the state of the United Methodist Church, uh, a big, big, big part of that has to be serving the children because, indeed, they do matter most. You matter to us here at To Be Encouraged. We'd love to hear from you. You can always go to tobeencouraged.com to listen to our back catalog of all kinds of episodes uh, speaking to different topics that relate to faith and development in the United Methodist Church where Bishop Tremble speaks to those things. We hope that you'll join us next time here on To Be Encouraged. Until next time, friends, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller speaking on behalf of Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Remember, 
to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.